the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When you get united to Christ, is that a temporary thing? Is it a uniting that can be disunited or ununited? We'll explore the answer to those questions coming up next. United to Christ. Well, according to God's Word, it's a union that takes place, and it is forever, eternal. Can it ever be broken? Well, that's the question we explore today as we continue our series, Living the Christian Life. We invite you to join us. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Emeritus Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Let's catch up with Pastor Phil now and today's broadcast of Truth For Today. You got to know this. Don't you know? Verse 3. Knowing this, verse 6. Knowing this, verse 9. You do know this, don't you? Then he says, if you know it, reckon on it. Count on it. And this is your stance in life. I'm unavailable to sin, for I died to it. That's my stance. And I'm totally alive to do God's will. I'm alive towards Him. And I, I like to always, always illustrate this way. Has any of you ever walked through a room that you thought was empty? And you're kind of acting crazy or... And all of a sudden you pick up somebody's in the room. Oh, hey! How are you? You know, he's just kind of cut off. Now what he's saying is, I want you to walk through life, not just nobody's there. He wants you to say, I want you to go through life. And if I added this with Colossians 3, which is similar to Romans 6 here, be knowing that your life is hid with God up there. Set your way of thinking on things above so that while you're living the Christian life, your whole Christian life is being lived out before the throne room of God because you're acting alive. You're just face to face. and said, Father, by the way, sin over here just tried to get me. Did you see that? See, you tattletale on every seduction to sin because you run right to your father. You know, the greatest way to be faithful to your wife is if someone was getting out of line with you in seduction, you immediately tell your, your, your soulmate. Somebody's being out of line with me here because there's no secrets. You're face to face. And so with God... Uh, you, you know, you could not keep up a life of secret sexual sin and be acting alive to God face to face. I mean, you can actually be okay with a computer. Because as soon as the porno advertisement came up, you can say, well, in the old man, this could give me great dividends in lust. But since I died and been buried, hey, I'm not available. God, something over here is making its appeal to me. I thought I'd tell you. Adam and Eve ran and hid from you. Hiding is always a symbol of guilt. I want to run to you. I'm acting alive. I'm being tempted over here to lust. I love you, Jesus. 
What? You're telling him about a lust, about a temptation to sin, at the same time you're adoring him? Absolutely, because I'm counting on these facts to be alive towards God in every situation. See, that, that's moment-by-moment fellowship going on. It's not once for all. This is present tense. You're doing this all the time. Um, I make a note down there. This is where Jesus internalized Christianity, that I hold you accountable for anger, not just for murder. I hold you accountable for lusting with your eyes, not just for adultery. I hold you accountable for saying raka, not just hitting somebody. What do you think you're doing? I'm internalizing religion. It's not an external thing. The Christianity is lived from the shoulders up. And I'm just living up. In the heart, something's going on in the heart. I'm counting on that. Now, watch what he says in verse 12. Therefore, Stop letting sin literally lord it over. And it's a present imperative. Stop something you're permitting. Stop letting sin lord it over your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. God could never give you this command as an unsaved person because you couldn't keep it. But now you can do it in Christ. He wouldn't give God, God's commands are his promises of his power. If he commands you to do something, he's going to enable you to do it. And here's an interesting thing about the new life in Christ. I brought into Christianity the remnants of the old principle of sin. It remains in me. But this verse says, I won't let it reign over you. It remains in me, but it doesn't get to reign over me. And all it needs is you giving the orders to it. You can't make me do it. Sit down. Say no to sin. Look at it. Therefore, you stop letting sin, lording it over your mortal body, so that you obey its desires. Stop offering the parts of your body to sin. You can't do much sin without a body. Most sins need a body. Even your brain's a part of your body, you know. So if we can take the human part out of it, sin has no way to express itself in you. So he says, do not keep offering yourself to the sin the sin principle, you've got a will here. You've got a choice. Stop offering the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness. What's the alternative? You, moment by moment, begin offering yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. So, sin remains in the believer, no longer to reign. We come over here. This is a command to us. A choice is to be made to say no to sin and yes to God moment by moment. 
This means we stop offering our bodies to carry out the strong desires of the sin principle within us. Sin wants a body to express its desires. The body of sin refers to the whole fallen human nature. And then he says, and in your notes it says 1 Corinthians, that ought to be A-O-R. It's a first aorist, not a book of the Bible. First aorist, active imperative. Start by offering yourself to God. The greatest way to break a bad habit is to form a good habit to replace it. So you get the smokers. They used to be told, when you feel the craving to smoke, eat an apple, eat a carrot. You know, they've tried to put a positive behavior to replace that negative one and break in a habit. And in a way, he's telling them in the new man, in the new man, I want you to say no to the old stirrings to get your body. And if you just say no, 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 it won't work. You've got to be positively acting alive to the Father. I quit making my body available as an instrument of unrighteousness, and I have made myself. It's really strong. This is a punctiliar. This is a, a stated point. I have made myself available for God. He picks up the same theme of this in Romans 12. Because of God's mercy, same word. Present yourself to God. And you know what this word present is really saying? It's a little word of, to stand alongside of. Para is to me. And it was used of a valet. You know, just someone got the towel in the Ritchie Hotel. He's got the towel there. Uh, go to a men's room and the towel and everything. And you say, what are you doing with that? I'm just here to wait on you. I'm at your disposal. Is there anything I can do? Did you know that the biblical position of the believer is their mind is focused on the third heaven as they're acting alive, and their body, their members, is simply you just stand before God as a, a punctiliar act that you've done this. This is a real act. I am making my body available for righteous use. I don't know what you want to do with me yet, Lord, but I'm available to you. That is the stance of the new man in Christ. I said no to sin. I'm not available. I'm available to you, and my mind is going to focus on you while I'm saying I'm dead to the old man. It's a good question to ask yourself. Have you ever done this? Is it a way of life for you to say, hey, I'm in Christ. That means I'm dead to the old life. It means I can act alive to God the Father and pay attention to him moment by moment as by faith I count on these facts to be relevant to my walk. And then my body. What am I going to do with a saved body? What, what is it? There's things like this God says about a saved person's body. Stop committing fornication, 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Don't you know that to be immoral is to make your body one with a harlot? Read the chapter. Then he says, don't you know 
that you don't belong to yourself. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify, and that means bring honor to this God. Glorify Him. Show Him off. Glorify God in your body. In whom the Holy Spirit lives. Immorality is killing our youth groups. It's killing our singles groups across this country. The whole question rises, can anyone be single and be godly? Or does the Holy Spirit die in the body of a single woman or a single man? Uh, verses like this. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may give an account unto God for the deeds done in his body, whether they have been good or whether they have been bad. Did you know that from the moment God saved you, he's keeping a record of what you have done with your body? He has forgiven the past, but from the time you've become a child of his, he's going to bring up a record and he's going to judge every activity you've done in your body since you've been a Christian. And you're going to stand before the Lord. Romans 14 says it. 1 Corinthians 3 says it. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.10 says it. We must all as believers appear before the judgment seat of Christ. He's going to judge our motives. And he's going to judge our deeds. And you're going to be there. And let's just say he's going to open his books, as it were, about our deeds. And... Uh, it is going to be an amazing thing what he reels out on some believers. Uh, Mary and John's uh, 85 years old, still teaches children. And we've got people at Valley Bible that haven't even hardly grunted for God. Their bodies aren't available. They're just saved, but unavailable. Well, that's like being married and being unavailable for a husband to kiss you. I just want to be married. Well, will you kiss him? Why? No, I don't want to kiss. You can get pregnant doing stuff like that. Well, why do you want to be married? I don't know. I just like the idea. I, I, I like being a Christian, but well, well, God wants to use your members. Have you ever presented your members? Do you do that as a way? Well, I never thought of it. I just pray God and let that, that old man doing that one ministry that's about to have a coronary, God just give him strength. I never thought I could be available. No, because you're in sin. You are depriving the bridegroom of your body. And he's going to say that in chapter 7. He can't have children with a bride that won't sleep with him. And that analogy in chapter 7, when he talks about bearing fruit, he's not talking about the plant world. He's talking about having fruit in marriage. It's having children. And this is one of the pitiful things I see in Christianity. I see Christians out here that aren't available. Their bodies aren't available. 
God can't use their body because they literally have never come to that, think through the logic of this theology that says, well, man, if this is all true, if I really have died with Christ, been buried with him, been united with him, been justified with him, and I'm in the new man, and he's got me over here out of the mess I was in, what is he, what, how am I to reckon on this? Well, count on the fact you died. Count on the fact you're alive. And really take it to the visible world by saying, by the way, Lord, I want you to take my body from now on. As it was used in drugs, in sin, in shame, and he's going to develop that in the rest of the chapter, in wicked deeds, I was the world's best sinner and all of a sudden, I get tired as soon as I become a Christian. Get over it. All the tired saints. Did you know how late Antler's Bar stays open tonight? Two in the morning. And they'll have to throw some people out that will hit jobs at 6.30 in the morning. I know, because some of you here that I saw leave that bar. Antlers is famous for us. It was one block from where we started the church. And so if anyone got out of it, we looked for them at Antlers. It's a legacy. Have you presented your body? You know, um, I think I never knew anything about that. I, when I got saved, I, I didn't last very long. I didn't know any of this stuff. I just tried Christianity. I wanted to get over going to hell. But then I backslid within about mm, oh, five months. I knew I couldn't live it. I, did, I grew up in an ignorant church, little teaching. A lot of emotion. Lots of, uh, lots of music. But nobody teaching the Bible. And so our people backslid a lot. And I was one of them. By the time I, somebody showed me I just needed to confess my sin to get right with God, I came back to the Lord at age 15. He didn't leave me out there long. But after I did that, that summer, I went to a, a youth camp where a little five-foot-four woman, we had women preachers, um, was so bad about it. She's better than most men. I can remember what she preached. Uh, that's 40-some-odd years ago. Maybe it's a condition of my heart. And a man, Luther Maddox, from Texarkana, Arkansas. And they preached. And all I heard all week is, give me your body. Give me your body. I want you. I want your body. I want you. And it was haunting to me. And even I, after I went to that camp, for six months every day, I read Isaiah 6 on my knees. Uh, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Who will go for us? I said, here, my Lord, send me. And I would read that with tears. I didn't know how to explain the passage, but I just kept hearing this, hearing this. So going in the ninth grade, I said, okay. And I said at that camp, I'll start with prayer. And so I, I went by this little church on the way to school every morning at 6.30. And I prayed from 6.30 to 8 every morning. And then I prayed after school from 3 o'clock to 4.30. So I, I promised God three hours a day I'll pray. Ninth grade. I did that all the way through high school. I prayed three hours. I prayed more then than I pray now. Concentrated prayer. So I made that same kind of rinky-dink. 
three hours a day for teenage boys. I didn't know how to teach Sunday school. I didn't know how to do that. I'll pray. You got me from prayer, Lord. Then I decided I'd memorize the Bible. And I started memorizing verses. Man, I started doing it. Then I said, Lord, I'll, I'll speak if you ever open the door, but they'll have to have a desperate night to call me. And it got around to the youth groups in the area. This boy's saved. He's trying to do the right. So they'd have me in. I'd call it preaching. It was just my testimony and a few verses I'd slaughter. I didn't know how. But I was willing. I'd already said yes. I, I, I'd given up the right to say no if it was God. I gave up my right to say no. And all of a sudden, God started working on me. I thought, oh man, the only thing I know that he would test me on is maybe the mission field. Not Africa, Lord. Not the snakes. And I used to be afraid of missions nights. I really did. At camp, oh, I know God's going to test me. Lord, let me, if you just let me hang out in Richmond, let that be my mission field. Not far from it. Uh, but something started in, and so from now on, instead of asking, uh, are you going to be out with a girl? Are you going to be running with the rough crowd? Are you going to be stealing? Are you going to be doing all this negative stuff? The negative stuff just, just kind of evaporated because all of my life became on the yes side. I'm available to you. What do you want me to do? I'm available. I'm a 15-year-old boy. I know more about sin than this book, but I'm available to you. Whatever it is, I cleaned churches, I set up churches, I ushered, I taught third-grade boys, I became the junior church pastor at age 16, I became the youth leader at 17, uh, when I married her, we went to the mission field. We were 20 years old. We were in the mission field within three weeks. We are in Haiti, Jamaica. Uh, anything, anything for God was a yes. And it's been 45 years that way. And I think what's wrong with some of you is you're over here always, oh, I, I'm dead to sin. I think I want to kind of maybe, but I don't, I don't want to be completely buried. I want to keep a hand in there because I want to get into it. You know, it's like that hokey pokey guy that died. They said that everything was great until the funeral because they could only get one foot in, the other would get out. <laughs> you know, and that's where some of you are about sin. You're hokey pokey. Uh, would you make up your mind? If you're just going to do it big, just do it. Get out there and make a mess. Come in here so beat up, you're sick and tired of sin, and hang out with some hogs. Get that corn meal plus meal. It sells for all of your life. You can have all the corn meal and husk and hogs you want. But over here is the king's table, and they'll treat you like a son. You've got to want that. You can't live for God without a made-up mind. And that's what's been wrong with some of you. You haven't made up your mind. It starts with your mind. When are you going to reckon on these truths? When are you going to present your body and say, I'm going for broke on the God who went broke on me? He became poor. 
Why are we so stingy with him at the foot of the cross? You act like it's your time. It's not your time. Your breath is in his hands. You act like it's your body. Hit one command from him and cancer will destroy you. Nothing you've got is yours anymore. It all belongs to him. But you, he's wanting to hear you say it. God, C.S. Lewis said, is not a cosmic rapist who forces his love on his people. He's waiting for them to reciprocate and say, I love you, not with the greatness of your love, for I could never love that great. But in complete response, I want to say, I want you too. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. Or, again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.